Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey guys, and welcome to episode one of the Creating the Future podcast. Really excited to get this journey kicked off with you guys. And what better way to get it kicked off today than with my friend Caleb Hires from the Resting Place Church. I had a fun time interviewing Caleb, and I think you're going to really enjoy and maybe even be challenged by uh, some of the supernatural things that are happening in his church and the signs and wonders. And uh, make sure you listen all the way to the end where he shares some really neat things of what God's doing in his church and how he here in the Tampa area is creating the future. So without further ado, let's get jumping right in. Here is the man right here, the man of the hour. What's up, Caleb Hires, bro? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on here. Oh, super happy to have you on here. And uh, for you guys who are just tuning in, I know there's going to be a bunch more jumping in um, from friends of both Caleb and I. Uh, we just wanted to get together and kind of talk talk publicly for a few minutes about you know things going on in the church and and just encourage you with some of Caleb's story and I get to play the part as a, of an interviewer for a few moments and uh, the truth right here is that that Caleb plays the part of Samson with hair I play the part of Samson without hair so <laughs> perfect so yeah yeah all you guys jumping in hey uh, I'll I'll try to keep track of them to an extent as I can too so if you got questions or anything for Caleb as we go. Uh, uh, do me a favor and jump right in. So I'm going to give like the short introduction. So for you guys who don't know Caleb and, and uh, Caleb uh, pastors a church here in, it's in Tampa, but it's just outside of Brandon called uh, The Resting Place. And uh, a great man of God. Uh, I think he's a pretty uh, astounding worship leader as I've heard. I've never <laughs> personally heard you lead worship, but I know you're, you're really well known for that and in the worship world. And, and God's used you in some incredible ways. And I'm just a huge fan of your church, first of all. And, uh, you know, we were able to sew into it in a small part whenever you got started with some chairs and such. And I just love seeing what God's doing through you guys. And so I just wanted to have a, an open public conversation. And so let's let's start with this. So, Caleb, yeah. introduce yourself and, and tell everybody who you are from your vantage point. Yeah, really, again, thankful to be on here, thankful for you. And that was no small thing you guys did at the beginning. If we don't have chairs, I mean... You know, we need <laughs> chairs. And you got a really uh, long worship set, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Arise really, you guys helped us out in a pinch. We were we were in need, and you answered the call, so we're very thankful for that. Yeah, I um, am a third-generation Tampa native. I love Tampa. We are just barely in Tampa. It's like literally the line, I-75. We are yeah. My parking lot hits I-75. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I just, you know, I believe for this city. I love it, and I... I've uh, grown up here. My dad was Air Force, but we moved around a little bit at the beginning. But most of my life, born and raised here. Uh, gave my life to Jesus at eight years old at my Southern Baptist church. I grew Southern Baptist. And yes, I had the hair at the Southern Baptist church as well. I used to joke, actually, uh, that if I cut my hair, I lose all my guitar skills. So yeah, that's why that was super funny to me that you said that earlier. But anyway, the... Um, 
the hilarity surrounding my salvation is that it was actually a Friday night where an evangelist magician came to our church. I know, sounds really okay. weird. I know, it's the funniest thing. This guy did a bunch of like card tricks and stuff like that. And then, and we were, I was, you know, I was eight. So it was like super, super intriguing to us. It was like one of those bring all your friends, you know, to the magic show thing. It was an outreach. Anyway, and yeah. I just went with my dad, you know, and the guys doing all these tricks. And then at the end, he goes, you know, everything I did today was totally fake. It was all just yeah. an illusion. It's just a trick. But 2,000 years ago, a man actually died and rose from the dead. And it wasn't a that trick. It was yeah. really cool. And I thought I was going up to, I, I responded. I mean, I grew up, I went from the womb to the pew. You know, I just, I've grown up in a church my whole life. But I uh, just for the first time heard that Jesus thought I was to die for and that mm. he was raised to new, to life so that I would never die. I mean, I just, it just got in there. You know, we hear these things, but then, yeah. you know, this Brent preaching, you could preach the same thing like five times in a row. You're going to hear it five times different. You know, it just got in there. I responded to that and prayed the prayer to receive salvation. And I still have on my bookshelf over here, my little tiny new Testament Bible that I wrote wow. my name in, you know, the day of my salvation. So anyway, that's I how that. I came to the Lord. And then fast forward all these years, you know, I, I was a worship leader for 14 years. I was a worship pastor at uh, grow life church in Wesley chapel. And uh, for two and a half years prior, right before this, but that wasn't my only uh, worship pastorate whatever you want to call it. but uh yeah i uh led wor worship was my thing still is i still do that but god called me out of that and into this and i came kicking and screaming i had no desire <laughs> to do it in fact i told god no for about three years and then uh finally gave up my fear issue which that was what it was you know i was hiding behind some right. other thing but i was actually just scared of failure and so I, I got over that, and then we started, and now we're a year and eight months in. We own our own building. We, the Lord is blessing it. It's crazy town. We're having a good time, and we're discovering the rest of God. So, so what's the what's the hardest transition going from leading worship to being the the lead pastor? That's a great question. The hardest transition, I think, is the I I don't want to sound like hyper spiritual because I'm not that guy, but it's the weight. You know, the the yeah. weight change. I. I mean, you know, leading worship is a big deal. I, I have a lot of value for that, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, like leading God's kids into praise of him is like a really big deal. And like stewarding that. And like, I think worship leaders should have, a re we should have really high standards of, of holiness, of lifestyle for our worship leaders, you know. But yeah. this, the weight that's on that is not the same as the weight of like, okay, now you're actually spiritually responsible for a mm -hmm. congregation, for a flock. And so... For me, I guess the hardest transition was uh, just feeling that it's not that his burden is heavy. It's not his burden is light, but it's just that new weight and all that comes yeah. with that. What's uh, so, so I love the resting place and I know there's a big emphasis on worship there because of your background, you know, amidst other things. But what would you say, like, what's the mission of resting place? Oh, the resting place exists for the lost to be found, the found to be free and peace to reign in our city. That is our mission. That's why we exist as an entity. If the lost aren't found, what are we doing? I mean, yeah. what is it for? If the found kid themselves and say they're completely free the minute they're found, I mean, come on. <laughs> the found got to get free, right? Yeah, right? And then 
if we get free, we'll rise up as peacemakers and it's going to affect our region. We're not having a holy huddle. We're having a holy virus. I've said that since the beginning of our church. And now it just stings a little bit more in this day and age with everything going on with COVID-19. But yeah, that's our mission. Peace reigning. If, if peace doesn't reign, we have failed. And I will, I'm going to live for that. I'm going to die for it. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I love that. So as you know, I work with some churches sometimes helping them revitalize and things like that. And yeah. so sometimes that involves creating a mission statement or something. And, uh, and I heard yours, it's quite a while ago, I think, when you guys were earlier launching. But I heard your mission statement. I'm like, I love that mission statement. Yeah. Simple, precise, and to the point. And uh, at the same time, it'll stop you in your tracks if you actually pay attention to what it says. So. Right. The Lord gave it to me. He, I heard it coming out of my mouth in prayer at really? a pastor's meeting, actually. Yeah. I, I just started praying, and I was like, Lord, let the lost be found. Let the found be free. Let peace reign. And it just, like, struck me. I was, You know when you hear yourself saying something? Yeah. and it, tell, it's from the, it has to be from the Lord because you're not that smart. That's how it yeah, happened. Right. And I wrote you're it like, Somebody grab a pen and paper now. Somebody grab a pen and paper. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. All right, so obviously there's a lot going on in our world right now. And, uh, uh, you know, with the, the COVID virus. And then part of that, you know, you got churches closing and churches staying open. And, and uh, you know, particularly in our area, there's one that stayed open. And, and so that causes, if we're not careful, some arguments and disunity in the body of Christ. And I know that's something you're really big on. And, and I am as well. So I'd love to hear your heart on that. How do we have unity in the body of Christ? through a time like this? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I'm glad we're talking about it because I am very for it. In fact, we're praying every every day at one o'clock this week. We've been praying for churches by name. We prayed for you, your church. We've been blessing oh, churches by you. name in Tampa. Um, churchfinder.com. If you have a heart for unity in your city, go to churchfinder.com, type in your city, and just bless each one of those churches and just pray for them. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think that we need to define unity a little bit better. I think unity has been synonymous with like, it with full agreement with one another on everything i don't actually believe right right i that's that's what it's kind of become like i do this you do that if we don't do the same thing we're not unified i don't think unity is doing the same thing it's doing different things with the same spirit mm -hmm. so unity is doing diverse things so it's a diverse they actually say the unity the unity of the spirit requires the diversity of the saints you and i yeah. are not the same and we can be unified it, the simple test for this, if this is true, is any married couple knows. You're not always going to agree, but you can be unified in your disagreement. You right, can. Right. If you're hoping for full-on agreement on every level, unity is, is unattainable. It just is. Yeah. And Jesus said, find one or two whom you agree with, and that'll be enough. Because he knew how difficult it would be. You know, so like <laughs> us trying to get right. even our, right. like me to get my whole church to agree on everything, impossible us to get multiple churches to agree on everything impossible it's not it shouldn't be a goal of ours it should just be are we doing it with the same heart different things the same heart and i think that's the, the important sticking point and when it comes to like staying open or staying closed for me i i talked about it on a live earlier today according to the measure of your faith man romans 12 you know let each one of you each one of has a measure of faith each one of you has a grace gift on your life I personally don't have a measure of faith that says everyone who walks in my building is going to be immune. I truly don't have that measure of faith. I'm okay with admitting it. Like I'm standing here going, I don't have the, the immunity bubble faith. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's impossible. I believe in the miraculous. I believe in it. I've seen it. I, my mom got healed miraculously. It's a crazy story. I threw these hands, like seen it, you know, like, Oh, I tried to count earlier this week and it's over a hundred people I've seen healed you know, God has used me to heal. I mean, like, 
I, no doubt. But I'm going to do what the Father is doing through me. Like, I'm going to say what the Father is saying through me. And I don't, I don't want to pretend to have, you know, the gift of faith for that and then hurt someone inadvertently. Yeah. So right. I'm not open. But I'm not cursing those who are open. I'm just not. Right. You guys, right. you stayed open past the 250 limit. And I championed it online. I was like, I'm honored to know you because you had a good reason. You had a, a leading of the Lord and you followed it. You know, we stayed open um, only be that weekend only because it was 250 at two, when it was 250 that weekend. Right. You guys are well beyond that. We can't even fit 250 in my building at one time. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyway, that I just, I championed that and I appreciated that, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. But again, unity is not doing the same thing. It's doing different things with the same spirit. So, yeah. yeah. That's so good. I think, uh, uh, you know, I had a, I, I studied apologetics, my bachelor's degrees in apologetics and philosophy. And so we had a lot of debate classes and talking about mm -hmm. things like that. And, and one of the things I remember uh, one of our professors saying is that we have to learn how to disagree agreeably. Yeah. Disagree agreeably. That's um, good. It's okay to disagree with people, but you can still love them. You can still, you know, be agreeable with them. You don't have to be rude because you don't. And I think wisdom, you know, we were talking to somebody this week and, and we were talking about people arguing on social media. I said, you know, it takes two people to argue, right? Like, so, so if you don't entertain that, if you don't jump into that, there is no argument, you right. know, and you're not the spiritual police, not in this person's not this case, but, but, you know, you don't, no Christian needs to be the spiritual policeman going around trying to find everybody that's wrong and trying to fix them like that. Let the Holy Spirit do that job. Preach, man. Yeah. Yeah. The theology police, they message me. So I'm glad you're saying that. I get them. I don't know if you get them. I get the messages. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> I just, we just got a, uh, I didn't even know you could do this to be honest with you, but you know, on Facebook, they got churches you recommend, right? Oh. So we just, we just got not recommended by somebody. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know you could not recommend a church or a place, but we got not recommended. And when you click it and look it up, it's, it's a, you know, a spiritual policeman who's cessationist that appears and doesn't believe God still speaks. And because we believe God does speak, you know, kind of, you know, he's not recommending us. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> just so the whole just so the whole world knows he is not recommending us. Right. right. <laughs> so some of those I take as a badge of honor though. So if I sure. am not recommended, that's, sure. that's the person I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Fred Rochelle said if you're not being called a cult once in a while, then you're not doing anything for God. Amen. I <laughs> people are not my problem, but I love this quote from Bill Johnson. He says, If you don't run into a demon every now and then you might be going the wrong direction. You know. Right, so, right. That's awesome. People that's awesome. are not my problem principalities yeah. powers are our problem but you know so good. the so concept good. yeah that's so good all right so um so i'm just curious so you just talked about miracles you and i are built from that same uh cloth of of uh yeah uh, i think this was i wrote a book called where's the beef um a number of years ago and it's really all about the idea that the church if we're not careful is made up of a lot of good things like a hamburger that has you know everything except the beef it's got tomatoes lettuce mm. ketchup whatever it's got all the good stuff but it doesn't have the actual beef and the beef meaning the power of the Holy Spirit among us. And so we replace the beef with lights and cameras and, and stages and blah, blah, you know, all that. Yeah. Very eloquent speeches. Um, here, here's my question. So, so you've seen the miraculous happen since the start of the resting place. Share a couple of stories of just cool, yeah. miraculous things that only God can get credit for. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but a lot of knees, knees being healed. Like it's, really? it's strange. Yeah. I don't know. I just, when you said it, I was like thinking, oh, yeah, I can think of like four or five knee stories one lady walked in with a brace simply walked into worship 
didn't even get prayed for. She just walked into the environment and her leg got hot and she took her brace off. No one prayed for her. Yeah. Um, I love it. That's my favorite kind. Of right I know. Yeah. It's like the greatest. Somebody else, same thing with their back. They're having back problems from some injury a long time ago. They walked into worship. They got through the door um, and their back got healed. I mean, no one prayed for them. Others at the altar, we've had um, one of our team members laid hands on. Uh, it was actually on another serve team member um, on his knee. And he was just he was just talking to him. And he started to pray. And the, the sucker popped under his hand. Like it went pop in his hand. Before he even prayed, he's just touching him. Um, just crazy stuff like that. Super cool. We've also had some signs and wonders, which was yeah. so like, you know, I love the healing. I love But I, my, the stuff that like really excites me is like when God breaks through the veil like messes with our with our physics you know <laughs> anyway back at the letter carriers hall when we were doing setup and teardown and everything um i came back from israel and gave a testimony about a man who had oil coming out of his hands there's still a video online at the garden tomb oil just started pouring out of his hands at the garden tomb it was crazy dude there's video of it it's never happened before or since in this guy's life just oil started just coming out of dude's hands he touched a bunch of people, 25 of them got healed physically in, at the garden tomb. I gave that testimony and church ended and all stuff. And someone came and got me and we have this video on our, on the Facebook page for the resting place. If you want to go look it up. Um, they showed me the door to our children's area. There was oil pouring from the top of the door frame all down the yeah. thing. And we're, yeah. we're like freaking out, like what's going on. And we're trying to figure out where it's coming from. There was apparently no source. It's just the top of the door. Oil's coming down. We took video, we showed it to the people who worked at the letter carriers hall, and they're all like, we can't explain this. Um, the people who locked up the night before were like, that wasn't there. Nobody did anything to that door, crazy stuff. So that at our current building, we had um, uh, one of our, our, our worship pastor, Gigi, was um, talking with her daughter through a couple of weeks, and they, they were talking about rain and like um, just spiritual rain as a concept because her daughter kept seeing it in their house kept seeing like in the spirit you know and we we have a children's equipping center we don't really do children's ministry we do a children's equipping center we want them to see in the spirit we want them to prophesy all that anyway so she's activated in this way and then um a couple of weeks later when Gigi's going to share that testimony just spiritually she looks up and there is literally supernatural rain hitting the middle of the stage from the raptors on the roof i i'm a guy brett i think you'll appreciate this <laughs> I, I believe faith investigates because it has nothing to lose. Right, right. You know, I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's a miracle. No, I like with the oil thing. I went and checked with the workers that work there. I asked around, hey, who put oil on this door? Like nobody. You right. know? And so when that was going on, we're watching it. It's going drip, 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 drip. Right in the smack middle of the stage. I'm looking up at there. I'm like, there's no drain lines up there on the inside. There's no lines, water lines. It's not an angle. It's not, there's no physical explanation on the inside. So I went, we have a guy who installed our AC unit in the front of our building. His name's Thomas. I said, Thomas, get on the roof during worship. I said, go look at the roof. I was like, tell me if there's a leak up there. You know what I mean? And he went on the roof. You can see the projector moving in the surface because he's walking around up there, you know, and there's no water. There's no rain clouds in sight. Totally supernatural. So yeah, I don't know if that's what you're asking for, but those, those are some of the things that have happened and we're no, just like I, I love that because i'm always asking the question uh so so if god didn't show up what would be different about our church Amen. what are the things that that are only evidenced by god and and when we really get down to it there's really not that many things because some people would say conversions and that's a a, a popular thing nowadays 
And, uh, and certainly we know that salvation only happens through the Holy Spirit. Amen. But at the same time, people convert to other religions all the time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's different cults, and people convert to this cult mm -hmm. all the time. And so I don't think conversion alone is enough. I want to see things that, like, when it happens, nobody goes Pastor Caleb's that good. Nobody goes Pastor Brent's that good. They're just oh. like, holy moly, there's no explanation for this. Amen. And uh, I, don't, I don't chase those things, but I do expect them in our midst, you know? That's a good one. If God's in the midst, it's going to be it should be natural, right? Amen. The supernatural should be natural. That's right. And I, I, I said this so many times to our church, a prayer of my life, you just paraphrase it, but a prayer of my life is that, and it's actually what I call a pride deterrent. I have a pride deterrent prayer. So anyone watching this can take this as their own. Don't give me credit. It doesn't matter. Um, but my pride for deterrent is God, would you do something so huge through me that if I tried to take the credit, everyone would laugh. Right, right. Like you would all laugh your butts off like, yeah, right, Caleb, you think you did that? What a fool. Seriously, that's my that's a prayer of my life. So I'm in total agreement with you. And when you said that conversion to other religions, the Bible even says some are saved through the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's there's even this element of I don't want to be I don't want to be condemned for my sin. And so I'm going to make a choice right now. I mean, that could, the, that could be translated through just purely information. Like you right. tell somebody, hey, you don't, if you don't have a, a way to forgive yourself. If you don't receive this forgiveness, then there's condemnation on the other side of that. You know what I'm saying? So like even in an informational way, I think there can be conversion. So just, just undergirding that point, I agree with you. Who was it? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I wrote about it at one point. But one of the big cults, I think in Texas, it's one of the ones that you would know of, but um, it was it Jim Jones or one of those guys anyway, uh, but they had a rule that inside of the cult that, that the, the couples there, that he could sleep with any woman he wanted at any moment. Uh, so, so I always tell people like, if you can convince some guy of that, if you can convince some husband of that right. in a group of husbands, really, you can convince him of anything. Right. right. And, and obviously, obviously God's not in that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a good All point. Right, so, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. Yeah. Um, all right, so let me ask you one last question. And right before I do that, anybody who's watching online, looks like there's five right this second, but other people might jump in. Uh, if you got questions, throw them out because I'd love to answer those questions or, or have Caleb answer those questions here in a minute. We'll come back to them. But last question from me, unless we go in a different direction, who knows? <laughs> but the last question from me. So uh, you and I are both big on hearing God's voice. I know you, you train that in your church and in your kids' ministry. Uh, we are the same way. It's something I consistently try to speak on and Mm -hmm. And uh, we've done little conferences, how to hear the voice of God and things like that, too. So, so what does that mean to you? Why is that important to you? And how do you guys do that in your church? Yeah, it's important to me because I, I, my first book I wrote is called Living in Dependenceville. And it's about being dependent upon God, not only being dependent, but celebrating the fact that you need God. Like almost everyone will say, yeah, I need God. But not many will be like, yes, I need God, you know, and it's, it's like turning that corner on it. But it's John 5, 19, that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, heard or said what the Father was saying, you know. And so I, that's why Jesus had 100% success rate with everyone he prayed for. That's why he was never wrong, because he only did what the Father was doing. He had an all-out reliance on the voice of God, right, and so via the Holy Spirit. And that's our model. That's our example. So it's important to me because anyone who would follow after Christ must walk in the way that he walked, First John says. So if we're going to walk in the way that he walked, then we have to listen to the Holy Spirit and hear the voice of God. And my sheep and my voice are strangers they will not follow. It's not, it's not optional. It's not tertiary. It's central. It's central. And so I grew up in a 
a cessationist background where it was it was the father the son and the holy bible you know what i'm saying yeah. and we we were we talked about our conscience we had a conscience that would guide us and that was kind of like the voice of god <laughs> but honestly i had more faith to hear the devil than i did to hear my father which is a problem that's a problem and so i for me it's super important because i don't i want to raise people into a reliance upon the voice of God and a success rate. I mean, honestly, I want people to be successful. I mean, not just praying for the sick, but like their business. Like we, we take it into the realm of, of, you know, you could say all the seven mountains. Like we, we do activation workshops and we teach people to hear the voice of God. We put them in workshop mode, prophesying over one another, asking for feedback, actually um, saying, does that make sense to you? We train our people like you need to ask, does that make any sense to you at all? Please be honest with me. I'm learning. We teach them to approach it with humility. We teach them to almost never say, thus saith the Lord, unless it's right. a, like, I've said that three times <laughs> in my life and they were all yeah. scary. All of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's usually, I feel like the Lord is saying, or I feel like the Lord is leading me to, I just had this picture in my head. It might be from God. It might be me. I don't know. You know, does this mean anything to you? And I feel like that humility, you know, the Pro book of Proverbs says humility comes before honor. I believe that's the pathway to truly like encountering Jesus with people and like releasing the whole, the word of the Lord over people. It's through humility. So we do workshops. We do, um, we, last night we did, we do Wednesday night prophetics where we just like basically our team goes online and they uh, say hey if you want a word just put your name where you're from and our team just gets there and on live and just prophesies over them as a way to model the, the prophetic as encouraging comforting and uplifting it's not i'm going to call out all your sins it's i'm going to encourage you i'm going to comfort you and i'm going to lift you up and so that's kind of the, the approach we take and we're working on even more we're raising up what um is called a prophetic company actually where their full-time job is the found getting free through the prophetic you know, and they do workshops, they do trainings, they do, they put out materials, they resource the church, all of that stuff. So we had a conference tomorrow with a guy named Dan McCollum. It's postponed yeah. till August because of the Rona, you know, and, um, but he, he does this stuff um, where, and we're hoping to receive really an impartation for this, an impartation of faith, because they're in California in Vacaville. I don't know if you've heard of Dan McCollum, but they're raising up what they call finder groups. And they're finding missing children through the prophetic. They're breaking up human trafficking rings through the prophetic. I'm like, sign me up, bro. Like, so they're coming to do a workshop on that. I got to let you know when they come and get some of your teams out here if they want to come or whatever. But anyway, that's some of the ways we do it. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I've heard Sean Bowles talk about the finding and different things like that. And yeah. and, uh, and you may be familiar with the, the Coney stuff. You remember the Coney 2012 and all that? The guy in yes. Africa that Lord yes. and, and the church had a huge part in the prophetic ministries had a huge part of of shutting it down they never actually found him but the prophetic ministries basically ran him out of town right right <laughs> pretty well you know, he work. disappeared right yeah, he basically came, he basically came in and said as i understand that he basically came in and said that i'm not hearing from the devil anymore to protect me so i gotta i gotta run for my life Time to leave. he disappeared yeah and, and the whole thing shut down yeah. yeah yeah it's amazing amazing I love it. And I think that's an extremely, I mean, it, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, I eagerly desire the higher gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, right? Eagerly desire the all spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So right. the only way to prophesy is to hear the voice of God and say what he's saying. So that's why it's such a central thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we always talk about in, in, in virtually all of Christianity, at least uh, the modern parts that we are part of, the Protestant Christianity talks about having a relationship with the Lord. How are you going to have a relationship with the Lord if you're not hearing his voice? Right. I mean, you can have a relationship with the Bible, but you're not going to have a relationship with the Lord. 
Right. And uh, and I'm with you. Like you can't replace the Holy Bible. You can't replace the Holy Spirit with the Holy Bible. And, uh, at the same time, you don't disregard the Bible by any means. Not not at all. Neither one of us are saying that. No. Um, but we are saying that God still speaks, especially individually, to our lives. To, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I the way I say it is, all of the Bible, and this might be controversial. Hope it doesn't hurt any viewers' feelings. But I say it. I say all of the all of the Bible is about God, but not all of God is in the Bible. We know that right. because that's what the Bible says. The end of John, it says, if everything Jesus had done were written down, all the books in the world would not be able to contain it. So even the three years of Jesus's life is not all in the Bible. So you're telling me right. all of God is in the Bible? No. Right. I mean, like people say, where is that in the Bible? I was like, well, Psalm 115, the Lord is in the heavens. He does what he pleases. That's where it's in the Bible. <laughs> you know? Right. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Most of what we do in the modern church wouldn't be in the Bible anyway, at least not in the way we do it. Not, right. Not in the styles that we do. Totally. <laughs> totally. All right. So Devin Johnson said that he loves the Children Equipping Center. Devin, hey, buddy. Good to see you on here. Um, uh, let's see. A lot of churches, I got to look at this sideways because yeah, a lot of churches can go on having church without the Holy Spirit because they are not doing anything where they need him. Right. Yeah, that, that certainly can be a, a problem. Uh, yeah. One of my, ooh, my phone just did something weird. One of my mentors is uh, Dr. Michael Brown. In fact, I'll interview him at some point. He's writing another book. In some point over the next two weeks or so, I'll interview him. Uh, but Dr. Brown told me, and he's part of the Brownsville Revival and yeah. kind of born and brought out of Revival. He was mentored by Leonard Ravenhill, you know. Wow. And yeah, and so he's true blue. And uh, and he told me one time, and I've always took this to heart, he said, build the church in such a way that if God doesn't show up, you'd have to close the doors. Amen. And, uh, and it's always been one of our goal, one of our goals. Like, like if God's not there, why are we here? Like, this is, yeah. So. Amen. I say the same thing. And like I said, I grew up Southern Baptist, but I'm, I'm definitely a Bapticostal now. I got... Todd White actually laid hands on me, and I actually flew backward through the air. The Lord had to do it so dramatic because he knew I wouldn't believe it any other way. Like, I it was crazy, man, because I, I was a scoffer, Brent. I was a scoffer yeah. of all yeah. this stuff. I was, and the Lord rebuked me with love and knocked me through the air, pinned me to the floor. You might think God wouldn't do that. Well, he did, and he does. He knocked down a whole <laughs> battalion with one word Jesus did in the book of John. So I got pinned to the floor and was being electrocuted for an hour. I was. I've got friends that were there. They will tell you that's what happened. And I didn't believe it was true. While it was happening, I was like, I don't believe in this. <laughs> Which is, I mean, the essence of pride, right? Telling God he's wrong, right? That's the essence right, of pride. Right. So, man, he just, he rescued me from me. And yeah, it's all because it's so it's the so Lord loves me and he loves, he's has my destiny in mind more than I do. And he knows what I need. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Caleb, I love what God's doing at the resting place. I'm a huge fan of yours. I think I told you this one of the times at one of our, our times we were together, but I always feel like when I'm with you, that, that it's kind of like somebody that's with Dr. Martin Luther King before he was famous. You know, and you're standing wow. next to somebody, you're going, this guy has something. He's going to be somebody, wow. you know, and, and not that you're not yet, but I think your future is really bright. And, and uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of yours, big fan of your church. And, uh, and, and I think we all got to be that way. And I think we share that heart that, listen, we need all of our churches working together to, Come on. to do what God wants to do. None of us are going to do it alone. Amen. So. Totally agree. That means so much, yeah. man. That puts wind in my sails because, yeah, I just, you're a forerunner. Here, so I'm just I'm in your I'm in your wake I, I wakeboard so I'm in your wake <laughs> <You're> wakeboarding <laughs> yeah man I'm just I'm just catching the the way that you set out you know you're treading and I'm going Doof! you make me look good that's all that's, I'm saying that's that's <laughs> yeah, all right man well I'm like I said I'm a huge fan and thank you so much for joining us 
Hey, for anybody who watches this even post, uh, do me a favor, make sure uh, on Instagram, I'm going to be doing a bunch more of these. Uh, yeah. It's kind of something I'm going to be doing in the future. So uh, do me a favor. Uh, you can only do this on Instagram right now, not Facebook. And believe it or not, I'm newer to Instagram, so I don't have as many followers as some other people have. So do me a favor. If you're one of Caleb's friends, follow me. And if you're one of my friends, yeah. follow Caleb. Come on. You'll see a lot more of, of these kind of things that we're doing. On Monday, I actually interview uh, Pastor Jamie Jones from uh, uh, Deltona, I think is where his church is. Mm -hmm. He just wrote a book called Kill the Giant. Um, great little book, and I'm going to be talking to him on, uh, on Monday and sharing about that. So, cool, so make sure you hook up and watch for that. All right. Love you, Caleb. And thank Love you so you, much man. for joining us. Yeah, thanks, man. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.